Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100, and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly View system, deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Welcome everybody to the latest Live Birds podcast. Yes, it's been a little while since we've done one of these. Um, you know how what happens life gets in the way but i'm delighted to be back and with uh molly and amy kate as two of our three regular contributors so we're going to get right into it um first and foremost we had a game against aston villa and uh we had a returning manager that we all know quite well um so molly let me start with you as our resident scouser even though you may be abroad um <laughs> what what was it like seeing uh Stephen Gerrard lead a team out at Liverpool that wasn't Liverpool yeah I mean I think I think obviously because it's not his first team he's been at Rangers for a while it was at Rangers for a few years but I think it's good and it's it's nice that he's been quite successful quite quickly um they've had a few wins I think it's good that obviously we have Klopp, who I don't think anybody at this moment would replace. So it's not kind of, it's not like a painful, um, he's back against us. Um, you wonder, I think most people understand, you know, why he's gone to Villa. You know, he, he's been successful at Rangers. He now wants to be successful in the Premier League. Um, I think people do assume at some point he will come back to Liverpool. So I think it's still a good, it's still a good atmosphere. And I think that, I mean, you kind of, a few of the comments from Klopp as well, kind of getting a little bit tired of the questions. So I thought you handled them quite well. Um, and I think what was nice was I don't think Stephen Gerrard was too overwhelmed by it. I think he acknowledged that it was good to be back at Liverpool. He acknowledged that 
Uh, it was strange to be back at Liverpool, wanting Liverpool to lose. However, I think he handled it in a really kind of diplomatic and in a way that I think the was respectful of both Liverpool and Villa. Um, he acknowledged the kind of cough, but he, you know, he was the, he was there for the Villa fans, and and he mentioned that a few times, and I think that was really important. Um, I know as well that uh, Villa kind of apparently the request of uh, Steven Gerrard did kind of put a wreath for Ray Kennedy behind the the cop as well, so he's still very much a part of the club. Um, but I think that yeah, like as I say, he did that in a really respectful way, and it definitely helped that we won. Uh, so it was yeah, overall that, def- that definitely helped. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, but I thought that was, I thought it was the the what he'd said uh, in one of probably the many press conferences was, you know, if he was heading back down the M6, you know, and um, with the win, he'd be fine about it. Um, because you know his first loyalty in terms of his job is is to Aston Villa, and we get that completely. Um, I, and I also thought it was it was quite good that you know there there were obviously a couple of renditions of his song, but but you know the the bulk of the time was spent singing for Liverpool, which is what it should be, um, in terms of the cop and all of the rest of it. Um, Amy, Kate, did you, did, how did you feel about it? Um, I know, you know, he's he's sort of what, one of your favourite players over the years. Yeah, you know, I had mixed emotions coming into it, like when they announced it and that he was going to take over and, and, you know, we had, it wasn't like he took over in that next game, so I had time to process it without, mm-hmm. you know, do you, what does this mean? And, and it kind of made me think, you know, first I was like, oh, no, this is going to be hard to, to see him do that. But then I started thinking, well, this is actually the test he needs because, yes, he was very successful um, at Rangers. But, yeah, and no disrespect to the Scottish League, but it's not the Premier League. So this shows him, gives him an opportunity with, with a club that has a lot of history um, that needs, you know, uh, that has you know come back into the Premier League recently, and has has an opportunity to show what he can do. I mean, he's he's not Klopp. He doesn't have the experience of Klopp. Is he going to be a great manager? I hope so, but it's too early to to you know go on about oh he's going to be Liverpool's you know the next manager at Liverpool. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But this is a, a chance to see what he can do if he's up to the task and um as far as you know wishing him well and i i joked around saying you know wish him well just not against us and of course everybody's laughing at me about it and you know but you know i well I no that. that's that's the that's the right answer yeah um you know i i i hope he is successful as well um <clears throat> not too successful um, because potentially we come up, we if he's too successful, come up against Villa. Well, as long as we beat them, that's that's absolutely fine. Um, you know, you can you can. It, it, it's not um, you know, it's not hypocritical to want him to do well 
at, at the same time as not wanting to win when he plays us. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't think there's there's anything wrong with that. Um, in terms of the overall performance. Uh, one of the things that Klopp said after the game was, you know, he was delighted, you know, after about, you know, f- for about 75 minutes. And then the sort of last 15 minutes, um, he felt that we opened the game up. And and I think, uh, yeah, it felt strangely like we, once we scored, we sat back a little bit. I don't know what you thought, Molly. It's not that we didn't have opportunities, it's just... I don't think we were clinical enough um, yesterday with the with the chances we had, and you know, there's the, particularly there were a couple of uh, sort of later chances. I think particularly one for Jota where I just he should have buried it, but but I think we were slightly profligate. I don't know what you thought, Molly. Yeah, no, I always agree with that. I think we had something like twenty shots. Um, yeah. and we got one <laughs> with a penalty. Yeah. So it's not it's not normal, I think, for Liverpool, especially with uh, Salah and Mane and Jota on the pitch. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not worried, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think normally, well, in past games, if you just look at the fixture list, the past fixture list, and how many we've been scoring recently. Yeah, uh, I don't know whether it's just in comparison with that, it felt a little bit maybe anticlimactic. Um, um, maybe. Uh, I mean, one of the things that that did occur to me was with the with the Wolves and now the Villa game is I think both teams set up very in a very similar fashion in terms of the the very very defensive very organized attempting to sort of hit us on the break um and we you know we we obviously looked to counter that we created a lot of opportunities but i think in both games we were uh we weren't clinical enough and it sort of came down to that one um you know that that one chance that we took whether it was a penalty against villa whether it was um you know that that sort of last minute uh, goal by Origi um, against Wolves. So, I it feels like they were really hard fought one nil wins. But by the same token, I felt that they didn't necessarily reflect our dominance in both of those games as well. No, I'd agree there because I think, as I say, if you whether you've watched it, whether you just look at the stats or like whatever you can see, and I think anyone would agree Liverpool were the dominating side in both games. Um, but yeah, exactly. It was just not that clinical. Um, but I think, and I think as well, sometimes there was a couple of scary Allison moments yesterday. Mm. Um, yes. Yes, there Which yes. again is. Uh. <laughs> which is. <laughs> Not and again, it's not normal. I don't know whether they're just having maybe a little bit of a blip. Though if this is a blip and we're still winning one nil, then it's not it's not a bad thing at all. Um, no, what one was it's just, just a slip, just a stumble. Um, yeah. and I think it was for for what Matt, 
um, sort of turned away. And again, you, yeah, you can't really. He was trying to, but it was just a bit of a yeah, scary moment. Yeah, there was the there was the there was the one in the first half when he sort of lost his footing, kind of coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and then, then and then there was the the penalty that you know Gerard reckoned Villa should have had. I still, I'm, I'm still not convinced because I, it was, it was clumsy, but he did get his hand on the ball. So, um, you know, I do think. I think you could argue as well that uh, we could have had more penalties. Yeah, you yeah, know, we it's could. not, it's, it's, it's not the right way to referee, but I felt like it, it balanced, even though I, I, I thought the incorrectly was, balanced. Yeah, I thought the referee <laughs> was pretty poor to be honest um I, I i wasn't i wasn't wildly impressed by his performance but yeah. the the other thing was that both of those um both of the the other penalty claims for manet and for robertson there was contact on both of them so but if you robertson especially i thought out yeah. of the three that yeah. one was i agree bang on absolutely bang on and um, and we get we we get we still are getting comparatively. You think about our our sort of attacking forces. We get so few penalties. It's bizarre. But anyway, two so far this season or something. Yeah, yeah, something like it's that. Nothing really. And like you say, when you think about how many goals are scored, how uh, prolific we are in attack. Yeah. It doesn't quite add up. No. No, it doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. Um, but long, you know, as long as we carry on winning, long may it continue. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, and just before we, uh, just before we played, um, Villa, we obviously uh, completed our Champions League uh, campaign. Uh, set another record um, as the only English team in Champions League history to win all of our group games. Um, six wins out of six, 18 points out of 18. The last one uh, obviously being away in the San Siro. Um, Amy Kate, quite a youthful team that Klopp put out. We expected that there would be some rotation and changes. But, um, but you know, again, a team good enough to beat the leaders of Syria. Yeah. And, um, a, a, you know, a fantastic performance all round. What did you particularly like about that game? Well, I, you know, just seeing how they, they played the young, you know, there was a lot of changes, but if you weren't really looking at the game as who was on the bench and who was out on the pitch, you thought, wow, they, they were, it was still almost the same team. They they played very well together. The youth that was, you know, the kids did quite well. It was impressive to see what our future was like. And, and that was one of the things I took away is we've got some kids coming up that are really, you know, have a lot of potential. And, you know, the other thing that kind of sticks in the back of my mind is when this all started and we we're handed okay this is your group and these are who you're playing against we were dubbed you know a uh, group of death and it was a group of death we killed them all you know but we didn't know that going in so that was that was kind of cool and and to have the only English team be able to accomplish that 
in the history of it is pretty special. So, um, you know, it, it was it was really pleased and uh, look forward to seeing what what happens next. I mean, maybe we we're gonna get our twentieth, uh, fingers crossed, our twentieth Champions League. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. I was going to say it'd probably be the seventh <laughs> rather than the twentieth, but oh, I'll I'm take. Sorry, I'm going to say seventh, not twentieth, not Premier League. Oh wow, <laughs> seventh. Oh, that's that's um, my cold in my head. I'm like not thinking straight. Um, that's thanks fine. for the question. <laughs> the that's seventh, all right. The seventh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Molly, what did you what did you think in terms of the overall team? What one of the players I was particularly pressed with was uh, Tyler Morton out of the sort of younger uh, kids that came into the squad. Was there? Did he stand out for you as well, or was there anybody else that you would highlight? Yeah, he absolutely did, and I think it's probably testament to uh, the overall team and probably the training that someone so so young can actually slot in to a a way leg of a Champions League game against AC Milan and do so brilliantly. Um, Though I have to say my favourite moment of the game was uh, Nat Phillips just ruining people's lives, um, making an absolute show of them with his his uh, what has been dubbed as his Cruyff turn, which because I am like I didn't get up to watch it because it was like three a.m. and they don't often show the Champions League group games on the t- right. on my TV and you can't check if they're going to show it before it's just the way the box is so we didn't get up watch later watch that like watch later on but that was so good that jack showed me the clip on the way to school like that's how he was like oh my god have you seen this <laughs> and then i think i think is it connotation kind of reaction to it is the yeah. second best thing in the whole game <laughs> It's, just... <laughs> it's become a gif. I mean, that's that's how good it was. It's become a gif almost immediately. Like so, shit. Like that's what he does every day. Yeah. Just the, the Bolton Berezi. <laughs> 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 oh, he's he's great, and and clearly at some point during that game, he must have fractured his cheekbone. It's probably it's probably that header with the Bremovich. Uh, sorry, Ibrahimovic, yeah. um, and I just um, and just carried on. Pl- you know that that is that is that Phillips, um, but yeah, that was that that was a lovely just little bit of skill. I and I it was completely um, I, I would say unplanned. I I think it was unconscious is probably the better the better way to put it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just just to do that in in your own penalty area with two AC Milan attackers bearing down on you, that is just class. It's most most amusing. Um, so just just briefly on that, um, we obviously have completed the group stage. That's all done now. So so in terms of the round of sixteen, um, we can draw any one of the following teams so um psg villarreal sporting lisbon benfica inter milan 
or Salzburg. I think I've got that list right. So if you were uh, if you were lucky enough to be able to have a little city break, um, where would you fancy going? Molly, since you you were talking about this, you get to pick first: um, Lisbon, uh, Salzburg, uh, Milan, um, Villarreal, or Paris. Um, I don't. I think in terms of winning, mm. I think we definitely have a shout against any one of them. Um, in terms of, I mean, you asking me about location or are we just talking about? Paul? Yeah, where, where would you, where would you prefer your away trip to be? Well, personally, I love Italy. But okay. things can be difficult with Italian fans. Yes. Um, okay. So I might say <laughs> Paris, maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Amy Kate, where where are you where are you going for your round of sixteen away trip then? Um, I am gonna agree with No Italy. Um, if it if it's personally me having to go, um, mm-hmm. or getting to go, I should say. Um, but I don't know. I I kind of have mixed emotions. Partly want to go to to Paris to PSG and you know see Ginny and 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 kind of see what he's got and and hopefully you know we didn't make a big mistake of not signing him. Um, but I don't know. Really, we could. I think this this go around i mean we could do anybody i'm not worried about where we're going i just want to um i just want to see us you know keep continuing to win and and would love to see us win the win at the end so um whatever it takes to to get to the end (laughs) yeah i think if i was if i was choosing um so i think i would choose spain or portugal as my destination in february um, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, uh, to be fair i've never been to salzburg so so i think it would be one of those three because i've been to milan i've been to paris um i have been to lisbon but i really like it and i haven't been for a while um i've not been to uh villarreal and i've not been to salzburg so those would be those would be my my choices in terms of if i had a if i had a cheeky away trip and um, in terms of could we beat any of them absolutely i don't you know i don't think we worry about who we draw i think the other teams worry about whether they get liverpool or not so we're we're in a we're in a very different place and i think that i think that's the exciting thing about it we're the team that everybody wants to avoid um and i think he, i would even, i would definitely add psg into there because there's there's players in there that we have nightmares about us um including lionel messi um so <laughs> i'm not sure he's he's in the mood that he wants to face us again anytime soon um so i think i think it's going to be interesting um when when the draw comes round but i you know i say bring it on absolutely uh bring it on so next up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so next up after that we are obviously um 
that that doesn't happen until February. Um, we've still got a load of other games um, in December. The next one being Newcastle. Um, so, Amy Kate, just on the the Newcastle game, they've obviously got a new manager now in um, Eddie Howe. Um, not necessarily known as being a particularly defensive manager. Um, how do you see that game going this coming Thursday? That kind of makes me sad. I was supposed to be at that game, but uh, COVID had other plans. So, um, you know, I I don't think it's going to be particularly difficult for Liverpool. I, I think that, you know, the way we're playing and, and how our team is right now, and um, I just don't think that we have too much to worry about. We just need to play our game the way we play. I mean, don't go in cocky thinking we, we've we got this because we all see what happens when you do that. But um, I'm not worried. I, I just don't see them being particularly a threat. We just need to um, play our game and score some goals and, and win. And I don't think that's going to be too difficult to do. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I don't think that Newcastle are are particularly strong defensively, um, yeah. but I do ex- I do expect that Eddie Howe will have, um, you know, will try and put out to an extent a more attacking lineup than than potentially Steve Bruce might have done if he'd remained right. the manager there. Um, Molly the. The Newcastle game is obviously the next one up, um, you know, and they're coming thick and fast. But after that, we play Spurs on the Sunday away at White Hart Lane. Um, are there, what what team changes, if any, would you make? We've obviously had, um, you know, Jota sort of came off the bench yesterday against Villa, but he's back in training you know, Divock was missing with a slight knee injury. I don't know if that was, a, a, you know, just a mild thing and he should be back with the squad for for Thursday or potentially Sunday. Um, but we're, we're starting to see, you know, Bobby's back in training. Um, uh, what what team would you like to see on, on Thursday? Um, and is, is it any different to the one that played yesterday against Villa? I, I would have thought so. I would have thought it would probably look, um, he would look again to the youth um, and being how some of them did against AC Milan last week, I think we might be all right against Newcastle if we put out the uh, the younger ones. Because that's the, that's the League Cup game, isn't it? No, no, that's oh. not the League Cup. The League Cup is the following week against Leicester in the Carabao. So we play Newcastle. Carabao. Is that what it's still? Yeah, right. we, play no. we play Newcastle. We play Newcastle, then the league, and then we play Leicester in the Cup. Then we play Leicester in the Cup. I knew we had the Cup game coming up. Um, no, I think, I mean, to be honest, the team that we played yesterday, I think yeah, you're absolutely right in what you said about how they set up to be really defensive and hit us on the break. I think, but I think the team that we played yesterday is, you know, has 
some of our strongest players. And if we don't have some of those guys fit, if we don't have Firmino necessarily at full fitness, I wouldn't necessarily risk him for that game. Um, I'd probably more, you know, more likely want to see him against Spurs a few days later because mm-hmm. it really is only a few days. Um, and as yeah. you say, Christmas fixtures, the bane of Klopp's life. Um, they come <laughs> so fast that I think you actually have to um, look at look at that. Really, I, I don't see the point in in risking players. Um, Potentially, and I think that, and to be honest, you know, I say, I say that Manny's fit, Salah's fit, Jota managed to play yesterday, and in terms of the back, uh, Matip's fit, Van Dyke's fit, Allison is fit. You know the Canate's fit, Gomez is back in the squad. Not massively concerned about fitness at the moment, Um, and as I say, I will. I think even if you put out the same team that he did against Villa, I think we would absolutely have a shout. Actually, both the Newcastle and the and the Spurs game. I mm. think for the Leicester game, I think for the Carabao Cup game, he should. Um, we should have the kids out. I mean, my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I and I feel like will. Klopp feels the same. Um, not that asked. I, um, I think it'll be. I think it'll really... be interesting, Molly. And the only reason what? I say that I, th- I think it'll be interesting for the Carabao is obviously because it's a semi-final. So yeah. I think it might yeah. be a little bit of a mix. But I would, I would potentially see like maybe you know Canate and Gomez playing. But again, yeah. like how yeah. how some of those guys played against AC Milan. Yeah. I think that, and they've got that confidence. They've got that massive boost. Exactly. Uh, and I think they're going to see this as another opportunity to be like, no, give give me another shout, give me another chance, mm-hmm. and we'll show you again. Because um, <clears throat> it's not like you're not just rolling the kids out, you know, once every, God, every now and then. Like they've just played an amazing game, and I think that you know is is a massive incentive. Uh, and will give them a massive incentive to want to play in that game and, and show what they can do. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalglish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Yeah, I think I think you're you're right. Um, so we, I think the the Newcastle game will be like I said, will be quite interesting to just to see sort of how Eddie Howe is trying to evolve that team. You know, we we had some absolute blowouts against his Bournemouth side and then we had some very bizarre like you know four threes and three twos and one thing and another 
Um, so it is going to be interesting to me to see, you know, how that game plays out. But I, I do fully expect us to win. The Spurs game, I think, is interesting because um, obviously they've had this big COVID outbreak. They've um, had the game against Brighton postponed. Um, I think they're due to play midweek this week as well. I'm not sure against who, um, but they've obviously had their Europa League game cancelled, so that's not going to be played now. And the the sort of UEFA, you know, pork board, whoever it is who reviews that, needs to come up with a result for that for that game, whatever that is. And then they're due to play us on Sunday. So, you know, depending on, you know, who they've got available, they, it, I've no idea what kind of Spurs team we could be playing on the sun, next Sunday, assuming that goes ahead. So I think we just have to put our eyes on this team, um, you know, and whatever team they cobble together, we, we need to do our best because, you know, clearly uh, Antonio Conte's, you know, only just sort of start, started his um, tenure there. So it's going to be interesting from that perspective to kind of see what sort of Spurs team turns up over the next 10, ten days, if they turn up at all. Because, you know, with, with COVID, we don't know whether, you know, that that might, that might spread. So that's a little bit of the one that's up in the air um, for me at the moment. Um We've obviously got the Carabao Cup and then we go into the, the sort of Christmas round of fixtures. So we're at home to Leeds and then away to Leicester. So I think those are going to be two quite intense games. I don't know whether you agree with me, Amy Kate, you know, once we get into that real Christmas period. And I know we're, we're only really talking about December, but then the first game in January, we're away at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So I do think that's yeah. going to be really intense uh, period of three games. Oh, no, uh, I agree completely. I, I think that, um, you know, playing, if I, if I have this right, I think we're playing every two days. Uh, uh, yeah, it's about every two, to, well, so it's, it's two days between the Boxing Day and the game on the 28th, and then it's four days Okay. So if you want to average that out, it's every three days. <laughs> that that but that's a lot um, all at once. Um, not that we haven't done it before, and this isn't anything new that we you know this is this is how it is. But it's challenging because that's how people can get injured. You know the weather is co- colder, um, and it's just you know um, it's intense. So. I I definitely think I have to agree with you. You know, it's it's going to be challenging, but I think, you know, of all the years of of thinking, oh, here we go again. Um, I'm a lot more confident in Liverpool and have been for the last few years. Um, that's definitely I'm not I'm not too worried, but you know, a little more worried about those games than than uh, the rest of it. But I I, I think we're gonna definitely dominate um as long as everybody stays healthy and we've got players coming back soon too so i think we're in a really strong position i think uh i think it's i think it, if you look at our last couple of um 
years in terms of our December results. I think I saw something pop up on Twitter. Um, basically, good <laughs> yeah, good old Twitter. Um, Klopp's uh, results in December are are kind of outstanding. Um, it's like you know, one every single game, or you know, one eight out of nine, or one seven out of eight. Um, so you know, if if we continue to perform at, at the levels he set in previous seasons, I I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. But it is a it is a very um, intense period, Absolutely. and I don't uh, I'm not you know I, I, they, the games will be coming thick and fast. So you know it'll <laughs> we won't have a lot of time to digest them in between. Uh, getting ready for for the next games, so um, so I think that will be I think that will be interesting. Um, but you know, talking of you know, d- digesting and and get ready for for the next games and the importance of them all. Can we just take a moment um, and reflect on uh, the legends that we we have in our squad? Um, for for slightly different reasons, but I think you know I think we we do need to just uh, just have a moment for them, for Mo Salah, and for the legend that is Divock Origi. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. I remember. Um, you know, and I, I've been watching Liverpool a long time now. Um, a player quite like Divock Origi. <laughs> Um, in terms of the amount of important goals he scores for, for us, not you know, not playing that many games, um, there really should somebody should be working on building a statue <laughs> for him, as Klopp says. You know, and Andy Robertson says he'll bring his grandkids to come and look at the Divokarigi statue. Um, that was hilarious. Loved that. It really, it really was. But um, I mean, Molly, I don't know whether uh, because of the because of the time when you actually got to see the the Wolves game or or highlights of the Wolves game, but um, he's just. You know his his ability to just be so cool <laughs> when that you know with a with a chance that comes in the you know ninety fifth minute or whatever it is he, he is really quite i think unique in in you know the sort of annals of the types of players and I know people talk about uh david Fairclough as super sub and and you know I guess that's our best uh comparison that we've got, but I do think divok is is a little bit unique. Yeah, and I think it's just the, I think it just exudes confidence, really. And I believe when he was coming on, Klopp said, be Debok. And he took that to heart and did the most Origi thing Origi could do. Um, and it's just, I mean, it, it, really, it really did. <laughs> I I don't want to sell him because like although he doesn't get much game time, like he has a real importance it feels um, in the squad because like you say it's 
it's always an important goal. Um, it's always the goal we need. It's always, um, you know, sometimes lastminute.com. But yeah, the the significance that that man has had is unreal. Um, and it was pointed out as well. I think as Harry Kane only got one goal this season. Is that correct? Harry no, I'm kidding. Harry, um, well, exactly. What league goal? League goals, yeah. Possibly. I do. You know what? I've have... got two. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Twice as good as Harry Kane, <laughs> and he never plays. That's what I've taken from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, but, but you're right. He do, he did. I did see that quote. He said, "You know, Klopp just told him go be Divock." <laughs> it's just like, why not? That's that's just that's just him. But he genuinely does seem the most like cool cat. It nothing seems to really phase him. Um, and what I actually thought also thought was really sweet um, was what Klopp said about him afterwards, which was you know. I, I really hope that, you know, ultimately he he ends up, you know, he gets a manager who will play him more than I have done because, you know, he's he's one of the best finishers I've ever seen. It's just really difficult, you know, when you've got Salah and Mane and Firmino um, and Jota now. Yeah. Because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't often get an opportunity, but when he does, he just goes and be divok and um amy kate i don't know whether you saw on social media um there's a clip going round of wigfield you know that you know the song we have for divok you know saturday night and i like the way you move it's is wigfield on stage singing the words and adding in divok origi i mean this is this is how bizarre i did not do that i missed that Oh, that's brilliant! It's it's absolutely brilliant. She's she, I got like that a up after we get video. I got a video of my brother singing that in some club somewhere in the UK. At God knows what time. Luckily, I was up because the time difference is so big. So I, he didn't wake me, but it's him. They'd requested uh, the the requested Saturday night, him and his friends. And the video's just him singing the Uriigi song. Absolutely smashed. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but there is there is definitely a clip of Wigfield uh, singing it and putting in the words Divock Uriigi. I'm going to dig it out um, and <laughs> send it round to you so you can you can oh, have yeah. that. That's the legend oh, that I, is Divock Uriigi. I missed that. <laughs> It's, it's fantastic. I've definitely seen it. It's definitely yeah. a real thing. Definitely yeah. seen it, but it was just <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> but so, so I do. I, you know, I want to give Divock the love because you know he's he scored two winners in a week. Um, yeah. you know, first against Wolves and then against AC Milan. Um, he's, he's the, the, for two. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, nope. he's definitely um, he's an underrated player, but at the same time, like Klopp said, I mean, 
it's really hard to get into a team when you've got Mane and Sala and Firmino and Jota. You know, I mean, it's it's difficult. But he's he's you don't hear anything bad about him. You don't hear him complaining. You know, he just does what he does, and um, you know, he he shines. So definitely give him some credit. It's just it's it's a shame. Um but but I'm glad I'm glad he's ours. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad really glad he's ours. Um so uh, whilst we we're, we're talking about that can we can we just uh, just a, a moment of appreciation for Mo Salah as well. Um the the man is unbelievable. I I'm I'm kind of running out of superlatives to to describe what he's doing and the the record books he's ripping up along the way he scored another you know it's he's like on 20 21 goals in all competitions we've only just got into december um he's got uh i think nine assists as well you know if he if he carry on if he carries on like this you know he'll be on a what 42 43 44 goal season again um you know he's he's now scored scored or assisted in 14 consecutive games um he's just i i, I just I, I i don't know what else to to say about him um but molly to, to give 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 mo some love i think that's the easiest question i've ever been asked um, <laughs> like, like, like you say, and I, and the thing is, I don't really think he gets the appreciation he deserves outside of Liverpool. Liverpool fans do absolutely. Um, I think put him on a pedestal that he absolutely deserves to be on. Um, and I, but I, I really just don't think he gets the appreciation outside of the city, which is fucking ridiculous. And then I thought yesterday, you know, people, you know, other people have often called him selfish and, but I don't think he is at all. And I think yesterday there was a really nice, a cross went in and Salah like feigned going for it and left over it and left it for, I think, Alexander-Arnold. And it's like, no, he he does absolutely what's best for the team. And you can see on his face when doesn't matter who scores. Um, the absolute buzz. I think they need to get this freaking contract sorted soon. But everything coming out of Mo Salah is, I want to be at Liverpool. I want to be at Liverpool. I want to be at Liverpool. Um, so like that's really heartwarming as well. Um, and he's at, yeah. And as you say, this season he's absolutely smashing it. He's uh, four goals above everybody else. Um, in terms of Premier League goals alone, um, he's been absolutely outstanding. And what's nice is, um, I think it is the top. We've got like three out of the top four top goal scorers in the Premier League as well. We do. Uh, obviously, Salah's right at the top, but like we have top three out. Uh, sorry, yeah. top three out of the top four. We um, do. We have Mane and Jota in there as well. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, he he's just um, he's just phenomenal. Um, 
Amy Kate, what what would you want to say about Mo Salah? Oh, gosh, you've, you've almost said everything. Um, I mean, he's just absolutely brilliant. You know what I want to say? Seventh, really? He's seventh? Oh, That's Ballon d'Or. That's what the French think. <laughs> I mean, come on. Seventh. How that is was, that even But possible? this is what I'm saying. I, I don't think he has the appreciation, like, from a football fan base that he deserves. I think that he does from Liverpool fan base. But I don't think he's recognised outside of that in the way that he should be. And, and I find that bizarre, right? I yeah. find that really bizarre um, for for a couple of reasons. So, so one, I think there has been this, you know, obsession for years over Ronaldo and Messi, which I get, right? I and you know, they're they're both uh, amazing players. Um, in, in very different ways, but they are at a different point in their careers now. You know, Mo Salah is at the peak of, you know, coming to the peak of his powers. He's 28, 29, um, and probably will be there for another, for another couple of years as well. Um, you know, if you think about the way that he looks after himself, you know, obviously, you know, he's a Muslim. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't, you know, his 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 physique is unbelievable. Um, his sort of dedication to his craft and all the rest of it. But so so that's one that's one bit. I don't. I I, I think you know the the well the Ballon d'Or folks are a joke anyway because Van Dyke should have won the season that they gave it to Messi again or whoever the hell it was um and and the fact that Jorginho uh is like on third on the list and Salah is seventh is absolute bollocks I mean like complete and utter bollocks so I don't yeah. you know I don't I don't give that a lot of uh you know I don't think I don't think that really stands up to scrutiny but the other thing that I find interesting is that um I think there has been a slightly uh, sort of underlying, you know, uh, the that you know that sort of underlying British uh, press thing around, oh, you know, diving foreigners and what have you. And I think that Salah got unfairly uh, labelled, and I think it's become a very easy and lazy association to to give him. And and he's he's had so many penalties not given because he was in my view wrongly labeled um a diver but but yet people like harry kane things we brought him up earlier and other english players when they do exactly the same thing or they in fact do stuff worse it's called being clever or drawing the foul or making the defender you know you know dive in on you or something but when it's a foreign player and, and Salah has been one of those ones targeted, it's like, oh, they brought diving into the game there, this, that and the other. And I do think that that has also impacted people genuinely recognising him for the phenomenal football player that he is. I think he's been, you know, he's been sullied by that and wrongly in my view. Um not that not that we I care on one level because the longer 
other people ignore him and he just carries on ripping up the record books for us and on the world football stage is is fine as far as I'm concerned. And I suppose the last thing that I would say is, well, the last two things. So one is, he, this is the first year since, I don't know when, where he had a full summer off. And I genuinely think that is also showing in terms of his performances. He had a long holiday. He rested. He did, you know, had the ability to properly recharge his batteries. And I just think we're seeing, we're reaping the benefits of that. Um, and then the, the second the second point um, that I wanted to make was if he's not the best player in the world on the basis of his performances, his goals, his assists, his all-round team play, then who the hell is it? Because I don't think anybody else could come up with a better candidate, frankly. Um, so that's what I would say, Amy Kate. I'm with you all the way on that. It just, I, I, I think we, uh, I think we need to really appreciate him because uh, when when he leaves Liverpool and it hopefully it's a lot of years from now, I think it will be a long, long time before anybody comes anywhere near what he's done for our club. Um, and the you know the goals he's scored, the things that he's won, and his just his his will to win is immense. You know he I love the fact he comes out and sort of says you know we want to win the Premier League, we want to win the Champions League. Well, that's that's what I'm here for. Um, I I love I love his ambition. Um, Anyway, so we we waxed a bit lyrical about Mo, but I think it's well deserved. Um, so just uh, just a little uh, moment also, just to remember Ray Kennedy, and I I appreciate that I'm you know I'm a little bit older <laughs> than the rest of you two. Um, so I do remember. Uh, when I say seeing him live, I wasn't at Anfield, but I do remember, you know, him coming to Liverpool and me being, uh, I, he was, he was a phenomenal player for us, uh, a really classy player. Um, and I don't know uh, if certainly, uh, and I'm not, I'm not particularly including you, Molly, but, but in terms of the, the younger fans, if they, kind of understand how big an impact Ray Kennedy had because um, he arrived on the day that Bill Shankly resigned. So the fact is that I think for some people that kind of got lost in all of the noise about uh, Shankly leaving. But, you know, he had been a really good player for Arsenal, Um, you know, had won yeah, the the league and and had won I think the FA Cup with with Arsenal, then came to us, um, and just uh, you know it came to Liverpool at the point where he ended up I think with eleven major titles when he finished his career with us, um, including three European Cups, five league titles. Um, just a phenomenal, got converted into a left side midfielder, 
um, and was just phenomenal for us under under Paisley. And I know there was a, a mosaic on the cop yesterday, um, sort of remembering Ray Kennedy. But I just wanted to um, use use this pod to just sort of say what what a what a beautiful classy player I thought he was um, during that era for for Liverpool. And Molly, I don't know whether you're um, you'd had any conversation with your dad, or if you remember Ray, or your dad had sort of talked about what Ray Kennedy was like as a player. As I thought, I thought he was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't born when he played for Liverpool, so I have no yeah. Thanks um, for that. Personal memory, sorry, uh, of him, but yeah, he's certainly a name that. That comes up a lot, especially we play a game, uh, me and my dad and my brother, of um, best ever Liverpool team. And you've got to pick your starting 11. It it got a bit out of hand. We've got subs and everything now. Um, we wrote it down one year. <laughs> but you, you're only allowed to pick players that you have seen live. Right. So okay. my dad, my dad made the game up. So obviously he has an advantage because he he's <laughs> he's got like thirty years on, on me and my brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, like and again, I know that's just a stupid game, but but Kennedy is always part of his conversation. Um, which, when you think about the kind of past, you know, the players that we have had since then as well. You know, I think that piece absolute volume and respect that my dad kind of gives that player. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I've I've not seen him live, but I fully understand the importance and the significance that he had uh, on the team, kind of seventies and early eighties, definitely. Yeah, and, um, and Amy Tate were absolutely dominant yeah, as well. They were absolutely dominant dominant and um amy kate i know that you probably wouldn't have seen ray either but um i know you've become a little bit of a a, a sort of you know student about the history of of liverpool so i don't know if, if what if anything you would picked up about ray kennedy um in terms of when you were you know uh, starting to follow the club and learning about um you know our, our sort of glory years Well, he's definitely a huge part of that. And, um, you know, just being able to thank God for social media. I know there's a lot of negativity towards it, but at the same time, the information that you can get on social media um, and on the Internet and, and being able to watch back things that, you know, you wouldn't have been able to um, and, and seeing that it, it just shows what a phenomenal player he was and, during a time when there were so many amazing players around him that it, it says, you know, a lot when you actually are playing week in, week out, when there's only, I think in the 70s and 80s, I don't know exactly when it changed to two, but it was one sub, and that was it. So it, it speaks volumes for, for a player to have played back at that time, um, especially for Liverpool being such a, a powerhouse team um, and winning practically everything. So it's, it's, yeah. it's sad to see that we're, we're at that point now that all of these incredible players that, you know, our friends and parents and, and um, you know, 
people that are from Liverpool, it's not necessarily, or England, because I've only been um, following since 98, even though um, mm. I'm older, um, it it wasn't accessible in the United States as, as it was throughout Europe. So um, I've been following for a very long time, but still, you know, Mm-hmm. Not long enough when you're you're talking about those kind of things, and um, you know it's just it's, it's pretty cool that you can now go back and and look at things. So yeah, I mean the 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 only other thing I would sort of say is obviously you know after he left us, so so he left us in the early eighties. I think it was eighty two. Um, he left, so so he was at the club for about eight years came in in uh 74 i think 75 um and then he he obviously after he left us he then sometime after that got diagnosed with parkinson's and uh, in some respects um you know the the fact that he lived this long with parkinson's disease i think is also a kind of testimony um, to him and I know funnily enough he had a testimonial uh, between ourselves and um, Arsenal in, in 1991 um, because both clubs you know recognised um, the sort of significance of his contribution because I think he was part of the um, Arsenal's uh, dubbing, double winning side of 71 so you know he's he's been you know, a member of iconic teams for, for two, you know, two very big clubs um, in England and, and was revered by both. So I think that says a lot about him as well. So, yeah, RIP um, Ray Kennedy. So we're um, we're sort of going to start winding up uh, shortly. But what I did want to give us the opportunity, seeing that uh, Christmas is approaching and it's time for gifts um that that we we remember some of the gifts we've already had this season um particularly um our away trips to old trafford and goodison because we (laughs) haven't had a chance to uh talk about those together um since they actually happened so i didn't want to uh pass the season for goodwill without um allowing us to to enjoy them again um so we're going to start with um and i do (laughs) i do need to say this again and again again our five nil win (laughs) old trafford (laughs) (laughs) um amy kate uh what was your what was your favorite bit of that game (laughs) I mean, I, I don't think I could pick just one. I mean, just just watching them play away and and just absolutely dominating the game and and goal after goal after goal. I mean, it was just it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I I can't really just pick up one thing, um, but it it's just nice nice to be Liverpool. <laughs> I think I think one of one of my favorites was probably Mo scoring a hat trick 
at Old right. Trafford. <laughs> um, the the other the other bit I think was the um, and I don't know Molly, feel free to chip in here. Uh, was Ronaldo's goal being disallowed? That particularly amused me. Um, <laughs> the the, uh, the crowd, <laughs> our, our crowd singing, Ollie's at the wheel. Um, <laughs> Uh, very loudly and, and consistency, consistently, um, or possibly the you know the the look on um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's face, and I really wish we we could have had Randy on this pod because I would have loved to have known what the Norwegian press made of it all because she used to get so irritated by the sort of loving that they that they gave Solskjaer um over there. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have had um some feedback about what the what the Norwegian response to that was. Um but Molly, um, you know, it it doesn't happen very often, uh if at all. Uh, I believe it's our biggest ever win at Old Trafford. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe, maybe it was Fergie's face. I don't know. What? what t- tell uh, me what some of your favourite moments my, were. Okay, one, two, two. Then I agree. Salah hat trick. And I think was that the game when he became like the top scoring African in the in the league or something. Was that? I think yeah, that was that probably. game. Like really special moments. But there's a picture, mm-hmm. and I can't remember if. If they're actually sat really close to each other, or someone's just fo- like put them <laughs> next to each other, but there's there's Ferguson and Dalglish's face at the end, and it's like a comparison. <laughs> I'm like, it, it is like Kenny Dalglish has been given award, is it like the Christmas present of his life? Yeah. Um, like it was... looks like a schoolboy, like it's taken like twenty years off him. <laughs> like just he's so elated. Um, so yeah, they're my top two. The 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 <laughs> bit that I remember. So so after the game, somebody and like you say, I mean, I I don't know who to give credit for. It, it, it did appear on social media a lot, but there was a point where the camera ha- had a picture of Ferguson, and he was like literally almost like blowing. You know, he was, it was, you know, you kind of go that, like he couldn't, there was a slight shake of his head. And then you cut to, to Doug Leash, who was just had this massive smile on his face, but he was literally mouthing fucking hell. (laughs) Like he couldn't, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. And and it's the light. It's not even, it's, it's not the still. You need to find the, the clip of the, of the live bit when they were actually at the game, but yes, you're right, Molly. It was that was genius. Whoever whoever spliced those two together, it was it was absolutely superb. Um, and and the thing was, I I'm sort of talking to my friends who went, um, and they were just they were just saying it was the you know if Carlsberg made away days, <laughs> that that was it. That was that was you know saying no, nothing is ever going to top that, and um, 
And I remember one of them sort of saying, you know, there was a lot of kind of younger fans there. He said, they're going to think this is normal. This is not normal, right? You don't go to Old Trafford and win 5-0. He said, you know, there's people that have been waiting a generation for two generations for this. Um, And it is sort of one of of those moments. And I, I genuinely, there were points I was laughing because it became so ridiculous. Like, you're just like, this This doesn't... I mean, we knew we were better than them. We knew that they were shite. We knew that we should beat them, but that doesn't... That rarely happens because of the significance of the game and the history and blah, blah, blah. And we, you know, the performances don't necessarily match the league form. But that was just... Everything came together. And it was it was a demolition and that that to me i you know if you sent if you somebody bought me a dvd of that for christmas i'd be happy for years <laughs> years and years and years um so i just uh i felt that we needed the opportunity to just wallow in that a little more um which brings us nicely on to goodison <laughs> <sighs> Merry Christmas, Everton. (laughs) (laughs) All all around us. (laughs) Having fun. Yes, it feels like we have to roll that out every Christmas. Um, uh, Molly, you you obviously are having a baby with an Evertonian. So... um, (laughs) Oh, I was was Jack expecting a caning? Um, I don't know if he was expecting a caning, but after the match, the first thing he said was, "I honestly think that could have been worse." So, <laughs> I think there was a real understanding there. I think that the, the thing that annoyed him most um, was the shouts with Benitez out afterwards. Because he was just like, for 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 fuck's sake, we're not going to yeah. get a better manager at such short notice. You've given him no time. You've given him no money. Like you can't pull one of the, you know, you know, a really top manager. Because I think Benitez is a top manager. Um, yeah. So that was a thing I think that annoyed him more, even more than the tanking, was the the kind of aftermath that that created and the kind of nonsense that came out of of a lot of people's mouths but I mean which happens and happens at every football club I think um but yeah generally quite pragmatic about the whole thing I think because I think that and again you know when you look at the kind of form Liverpool have been on um recently I don't think he was holding out much hope to be quite honest yeah, I, I I think I think that's fair. Um, okay, Mikate. So, what were what was your favourite moment or moments from the derby? Well, of course, you know, just smashing them was amazing. You know, they to, to be fair, when Everton play us, they they usually come out, you know, just even if they're not doing very well, they they tend to play us very well. 
Um, so it was nice to to be able to to once again beat them and and show them, you know, we are, it, the city is red, Liverpool is red. So um, I guess just you know maybe maybe because of the the last few years and how we've been playing, I kind of almost expect I almost take it for granted in a way that we're just gonna we're gonna beat them. But um, it, it was. It was it was really a pleasurable game again to watch them completely smash Everton and put them back in their place. So what I found <coughs> was the amongst many other things was the booing of Virgil Van Dyke, um, oh, who, right. who who obviously suffered a really horrific injury last season by mm-hmm. Pickford, who was never even booked for it. And I couldn't work out why he was being booed. Was it the temerity of having recovered from a, a potentially career-threatening injury? I did find that very odd. Um, I don't know the reason behind that either. And, and until you brought that up, I completely forgot. But... Looking back at that, I thought that was so bizarre, and I just couldn't understand what the reason was behind that. Um, still don't, you know. I just, I don't get it. No, I, I don't get it. The, the the other the other point I would, um, or the other thing that I still think was was also, a, you know, a thing of absolute beauty was our fourth goal by Jota, um, with the turn. The, the pull away I think from Allen and then that that finish sort of you know directly over Pickford's shoulder uh, into the roof of the net I do that was delicious yeah uh, I still I still enjoy replaying that one um and in terms of Benitez um I mean he has inherited an absolute shit show there um, it's interesting to sort of see what's happened since with the departure of Marcel Brand as their, I don't know, sporting director, director of football, technical, I don't know quite what his job um, was. But, but they've, they've got more problems than just us giving them an arse whooping, frankly. Um, and and you, can, you can tell that from the sort of general angst in the, in the fan base and, uh, you know, the, the, the so-called new stadium at Bramley Dock, Bramley, whatever, which was still, I think it's still got cones in it. I'm not sure there's been any progress in it four years later. So um, I don't, I think, you know, they may need a new stadium, but I think they need to work out what the hell direction they're going in as a club uh, before they get into that stadium. Um, so those were, those were our early Christmas presents um and i and i enjoyed them immensely um so we're we're as i said we're sort of coming to the end um in terms of coming into any other business so um molly let me let me start with you what's your any other business uh or anything you'd like to highlight to us um i don't i don't think i have an aob today We've covered so much. <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been quite focused on yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
No, sorry, nothing stands out. Oh, oh, I really like, and I wish I could get one, the Felice Nabby Lad Christmas jumpers. <laughs> and if I could get one in China, I would get one. It's been, oh. I think it's been, I have quite a good, I got quite a good Christmas jumper last time I was in England. Mm. Um, but it's not that good. And I can wish I could get that get, one. Can you not get, like, what your dad or your brother to order it for you and post it? Yeah, but it takes a really long time. And it's oh. really expensive. Oh, <laughs> and sometimes it just disappears. So... Right, okay. For a jumper, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a show. So, somebody would actually have to bring it to you. Yeah, which is no chance at the moment of no. <laughs> that happening. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that Santa finds a way. Um, maybe <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Oh, I think um, I think we might have lost um, Amy Kate. So um, I'm going to um, I'm going to talk about my any other business. So so one of the things that um, I've obviously noticed, and and they, there was some um, uh, communication about it a few weeks ago, but was the uh, creation of this new supporters board at Liverpool um, that has been. Um, you know, has has been sort of worked on really hard by uh, Spirit of Shankly and I'm sure, you know, Spy and Cop 1906 and various other supporters groups. So I do think that um, I do think that's a really interesting development for us and particularly as it's going to be written into the articles um, of association of the club um, and therefore it will be you know, there will be a sort of legal requirement in terms of the representation of supporters group on the uh, on the Liverpool uh, board or, or, you know, the, the Liverpool structure going forward. Um, so I do think that's a really interesting development in terms of the charter and what it could mean and maybe a blueprint for some other clubs going forward. So. I don't know, um, and Amy Kate, welcome back. I know you had a sort of slight issue. Whether you had any uh, thoughts about the creation of this supporters board um, and what it might mean for the future? Um, yeah, you know, I had mixed emotions, more more positive than negative. Um, I think it's really good that that this is happening. Um, that that it's being backed by the government. It's not just you know, that this is becoming an official thing with the FA. I think that's really important. Um, giving us opportunities um, as fans, you know, having the trust. The thing that is kind of throwing me a little bit, and partly I think it's because of my association as an OLSC, which is an official Liverpool supporters club. I am mm-hmm. here in, in California. And there's only one seat out of 16 for all 300 and I believe 15 supporters groups. Um, there's 10 for um, the for SOS, and then I believe uh, Cop Out, the disabled um, group, uh, who else is in there? Um, 
Yeah. Oh, I think it's um. Uh, well, anyway, there's there's other groups. They're they're including, which was nice to see. They're actually giving a seat to um, the women, so mm-hmm. they're being included on that. And I thought that that was that was really important to see that they're finally recognizing the women as part of the whole Liverpool Football Club. Um, so I was I was pleased to see that. Um, but I think only time will tell. I think it's a good thing. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to take time, but we're going to get our voice, maybe not individually like we'd like, you know, maybe sometimes it won't really be as, maybe as a whole, but maybe we don't see it the same way, but it, it's a start. This is all new. And, and I have, I have, uh, you know, thinking positive on how this is going to go. So they, they can't change, you know, they can't move from Anfield. They can't do a lot of things without approval. Mm-hmm. So, so there's there's a lot of positive than um, than negatives. So I'm going to be optimistic and and um, just kind of watch the space and see how it goes. So okay. and the other thing the other thing I wanted to say mm-hmm. um, was you know as far as any other business, um, the uh, women's team is uh, doing quite well. And yes, I they are. I believe they're still top of the table. Um, they are, I, I believe. Um, they they play again soon. So the people that don't know, um, I think believe there's only only twelve teams in that particular conference that they're in in the championship. So that means only one team goes up. So we have to be number one in order to go back up to the top um, flight. So um, it's been really good to see us there and and continuing and we're beating um teams in the the fa the women's fa cup you know we've done really well and um you know we we beat united and we we've we're, we're starting to be more competitive and and i guess it has a lot to do with having um, matt beard back and yeah i think i think it what they're doing definitely is, coincided with that absolutely um, so and he's won I trophies think. before for them so um yes. just um, want you shout out to the Liverpool women. No, that's fantastic. And they're also apparently topped the Continental League Cup group as well. Yes, they are. Uh, so I think they're um, certainly at the time that which was the back end of November, they had an unbeaten run of um, we hope 11 you enjoyed games listening to this in Anfield all competitions Index show. at that point. Please be so sure to subscribe I don't to our know what, so future podcasts what the latest find their way to your device were, automatically. Um, but certainly they, had, they, were, like they were on a damn good run and we'd love at that to know point. what you think of anything discussed on this show. So no, so the best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community. Um, so we are uh, coming to the end. We've done our end of business. Um, so I just want to now. say thank you to both you and Molly for joining me for this latest pod. Um, it's you can been also great follow to us on sort of get back together after a bit Index. of a break. And find us on um, Facebook we'll by searching for trying to uh, do another go, one because there's so many games over uh, the Christmas period. We all look to try and do another pod towards the end of December, early January. Um, so we'll look forward to talking to all of you again very soon and thanks very much for listening bye bye Sports Social Podcast Network